Happy New Year, everybody. Happy New Year. I think you're getting a little ahead of yourself. Am I getting ahead of myself? We haven't not podcasted in that long. Oh, well, that's what it feels like. We're back. Uh, How's it going? Happy Thanksgiving. Happy Thanksgiving. We're thankful for you and for putting up with uh, our shenanigans and our. We have a baby. Things are about to change around here. And I guess that's what we'll open the show with. So, like, um,. Yeah, the, the, the schedule has been slowing down. It's been harder and harder to maintain. And I've talked about it in the last few weeks, but ch- the new changes are coming up around here. So I really feel like this time we're going to get back on schedule. <laughs> and it really, I swear, guys, but it this all, time. <laughs> it all really comes down to my job. My job has be- just become, it has slowly become untenable. <laughs> the company that I've been working for, and maybe sometime in the future, not that anyone cares, I can share more about it. But it's just, it's been too much. It's been way too much. Uh, the company shifted a lot and they were like, we're expanding. We're becoming a bigger company. We're offering more to our customers. And then I'm like, oh, that's great. So that sounds like a lot of extra work, right? So then you hire more employees and then it's like, no, <laughs> we just run all of you paper thin. <laughs> we just make your job living hell and make you like literally have stress dreams about work and not want to come into work and you can't even stop for a lunch because you have such massive deadlines and then I care too much I care too much so I want my work to be done it's not like at this point I don't want to harp on it too much but at this point my work has become so difficult when it's just not necessary that it's like it can't be done. It Would literally you say that's can't your be worst done. flaw as an employee, Dan, that you care too much? I do care too much. And I'll know that on my next job interview. Because I'll be able to say, they'll be like, what's your greatest weakness? They'll be like, I care too much. I exactly. care about you, this person, <laughs> you, the person interviewing me. So I'm going on family leave. Yeah, Dan's taking his full parental Next leave. week. So I would like to actually use some of that time to catch up on some episodes we haven't done in the last couple of weeks. I'm going to be home helping Jessica with the baby. It just came to a head where it's like my job is like I'm, I, I'm completely stretched thin. I'm having panic attacks at work. But also like things get so bad that I like kind of shut down. I'm like I, I literally can't do this work and no one can expect me to. And if they get mad, it doesn't matter. Because it's inhumane to expect one person to handle this much workload. So it's just been that for me. And then I come home stressed out, barely able to help Jessica with Cooper. Jessica's handling Cooper while she's also working. And it's just come to a head. And it's like, this doesn't make any sense anymore. I can't be coming into this job anymore. And I'll talk about what the job is sometime in the future, like I said. So I'm taking all my paid medical leave. Originally, I only took two weeks when Cooper was born to kind of settle in. And I was like, oh, and then I'll have... And then in California, it's eight weeks of paid medical leave when your baby's born up until their first birthday. I took a week of vacation and a week of paid medical leave. So I have seven more weeks. And I'm like, I'm taking the seven weeks, mostly for my own sanity (laughs) and to put my priorities right. Hey, you know how much time I got? Three weeks unpaid. And then I started working full-time again and being a full-time mom. Yeah. And that's amazing. You're amazing. I love you. (laughs) Please don't kill me. Hello, 
Hello, everyone, and welcome to Sadie Hawkins Pod. Was that the longest cold open? I don't think so. No, we did like I, a half an hour cold open one time. <laughs> we did have done like in the teens of minutes, I think. I think there was one time where we started a, a conversational cold open and we were like, let's just keep this going for as long as possible. And we finally called it. I really think it got over 20 minutes. When people look back, they're going to be like, man, these were the dark days of the podcast. I only hope that we can emerge from them and be I don't feel like they're the dark days. No, these aren't the dark days of the podcast. We're talking about... Uh, we're talking about one of their biggest songs ever, Body B. Oh, man. The, oh, the, man. The, a title it's that is like... not confounding at all. Like, when you hear the words Body B, you immediately understand what that means. It communicates yeah. to everybody. It's like, we, we not only are we covering, like, man, we're going through, like, the dredges mm. of, like, co- content that we have left for Reliant K. Please, this Reliant K, release new music. <laughs> it's not dredges. <laughs> I really don't feel you this don't way. You don't think that Body B are like scraping the bottom of the barrel, Danny? It was on the list. We could have done it at any time. This it's, is a bottom of the barrel song. It's it's not a bad. Do you think it's a bad song? I mean, are we? No, I mean, I'm saying I it? think that it's scraping the bottom of the barrel. The plan was to discuss every Reliant K song. Well, that's what this we're is doing. included in every Reliant K it song, is. and this song has existed. Since 2014, it's a deep cut. Well, we're doing cover season because we did covers the last two weeks, we I did think. Split. Yeah. <laughs> we did Switchfoot, and then we did the DC Talk cover. <laughs> and now, of course, we, we kind of went in order of, of smallest to biggest band. Oh, of, of their, course. Of their three covers of other CCM artists, because they have, of course, tons of covers. They have K's for Karaoke. They have Manic Monday. <laughs> They have the Charles in Charge theme song. They have so many <laughs> covers, but they have these this trilogy of covers of other major <laughs> Christian contemporary rock bands. Yeah, I and mean, we everybody in, knows yeah. Johnny Quest Five or whatever the so hell we, band's yeah, that's called. what I'm saying. We went, we decided to go in order <laughs> in the trilogy of smallest to biggest band. So you start with Switchfoot, right, and then you go to DC Talk. I mean. I think DC Talk is technically bigger than Switchfoot. I mean, Switchfoot is bigger today. Switchfoot maybe makes more money, but I don't know it does, if that's how you want to quantify it. I'm just talking about in the Christian market, I think DC Talk had more success than Switchfoot. So who comes next after DC Talk? Johnny Q Public. Everybody knows it. Everyone from Johnny Q Public to Johnny Z Public knows that the biggest band is Johnny Q Public. I, I mean, turn look, the band on. They they had a song and a video on MTV. This video for this song was yeah. on MTV. So, you know. So is uh, What is Switchfoot got on MTV? Oh, you just turned that on like Our ceiling fan goes so quick. fast. It does. It, <laughs> it shakes the whole uh, oh, thing. Oh, I don't think I've ever seen our ceiling fan go that fast. Oh, yeah. No, it totally does. Okay, I don't play with the ceiling fan that much. There we go. So anyway, I just want to roll back and talk about something. He said these are the dark days of the podcast. These aren't the dark days of the podcast. Cooper is a beautiful Whoa. little light. Oh, that's true. We've just had a ton going on. And, by the way, a couple of weeks ago, I You're was just like... the darkness and the light of my life, Danny. That's all. <laughs> Thank you? Wait. Let me think about that. I'm just kidding. I'm I know. Kidding. So... <laughs> I love dealing with stressed out Danny all day, every day when he calls me up from work to complain while I'm in the middle of working and the baby's crying. I just love it. Months. 
I've been stressed out for months. This job was complicated when I got to it. Again, I don't want to talk about too specifically what it is, but it's a kind of company that has have multi, it has like tens of thousands of transactions a day. You're doing the annoying YouTuber thing. That's why I'm trying to kind of just move past this. But you're the one who said these are the dark days of the podcast. Anyway, I... Yeah, in the cold open. Oh, oh yeah. And what's, what's said in the cold you open just, stays in the exactly. cold open. Exactly. You wanted to just keep... You, you wanted to bury a dead horse and keep beating it or whatever. So a couple weeks ago... <laughs> Uh, we talked about how we had, it was our fifth Halloween episode. I wanted to make a correction that ties into that. A couple Stop, of weeks, it is not. It was our fifth Halloween episode. No. You literally said this in that Halloween episode. <laughs> what did we do last year? Oh, Bible Boy. No, that was the Blue Patreon. Bible Boy? No. Oh, no, oh. that was the Patreon. No. What did we do last year? We talked about this in this year's Halloween episode, Jessica. <laughs> Which was in Dungeons? Which was Switchfoot, I think. Or no, it was TC Talk. It was last week. Yes. The first three Halloweens on this podcast, we did the three songs in the Halloween EP. The fourth Halloween. We do. The fourth Halloween episode we did, we talked about Dark Dungeons, the Jack Chick satire movie. Okay. This year, we didn't go with the theme. We just talked about DC Talk. And then I made the joke, ooh, they're the spookiest Christian band of all time. At the time, I was like, I guess this podcast has been going for five years, but it hasn't. We're now in our fifth year, but we haven't hit our fifth birthday unless you go by Korean birthdays. Because when you're Korean, do you know about this? Yes, I do. When you're born, the day you're born, you're one years old. So if you go by Korean... Wouldn't you just be nine months old? (laughs) I guess in the conservative viewpoint of it, where uh, life begins at conception, yes. But the day you're born in in uh, Korea, you're, I couldn't remember what it's called. Anyway, I just want to make that correction. But to mention, we've been going for years. And yeah, we've slowed down a little bit. But we're speeding back up because my job's been just awful. <laughs> just awful. So I am so thankful for you, Jessica, here on our Thanksgiving episode. I'm thankful for pumpkin pie. Let's actually, every episode should start with us counting our blessings. Do you, want to do, do, it. do you want to do that? You want to make that a new bit here on the show? And all of you call up. We don't have any voicemails this week, but I would like everyone to call up. We don't? No. I would like everyone to call Hello? up. Hello? Is anyone still listening? We know that only our very best friends are listening to this episode. They saw the song title and they're like, huh? And then the people who really care about us are listening to the Body B episode, but... I'm not I, this, unless this, you think Reliant K has new music and this is a new song by them. Oh, then we gotcha. I should just go ahead and like totally clickbait it and just put new song in parentheses. <laughs> a complete lie. Unheard track. <laughs> Unheard track. There you go. Most likely you haven't heard this one. <laughs> it's available. Um. So I really do want people to call up and count their blessings for us. It'll be after Thanksgiving, so you don't have to call up and say what you're thankful for. But call up and count some blessings for us. Let's just see how many blessings in your life you can count in the three minutes of the voicemail. Well, I'm thankful for the listeners. Call 402. This is the game. Call 402-95-SADIE <laughs> and just start listing your blessings. And just and don't worry about the time. Just keep listing, listing them 
until the beep goes off and see how many you can get in. This in is the like voicemail. when you have to call up a radio station and say their name, like however many times right. in a minute. Yeah. Yes. Kareth 101, Kareth 101, Kareth 101. This is the more PMA version of that. <laughs> call, call up and list as many blessings as you can in, 30, in three minutes. Maybe three minutes in is too three long. Three minutes. Well, that's how long the voicemails are. So anyway, I don't know. I really do want people to do that, and I'll figure out some prize. Whoever leaves us the most blessings in the voicemail <laughs> will get a prize of some kind. So, I guess we'll just get into the episode. Do you have any other top of show business? I do. I just remembered. By all means, go ahead. So, the first three gears is available on Spotify again. Oh. Because when we started this podcast, I remembered, I had recalled that the first three gears was definitely available on Apple Music. Because uh, leading up to us mm-hmm. starting this as a podcast, I had one day when you had work out of, outside of the house, because sometimes you, you often work from inside the house. When you had uh, like a day outside of the house, you were on set one mm-hmm. day. I was like sitting at home by myself playing video games and I was like, I'm going to listen to the, all of the first three gears. I'm going to reconnect with Reliant K. So I listened to the entire box set from beginning to end. The first three albums and the couple of B-sides that got thrown in there. And I reconnected with Reliant K. And that kind of helped lead us to the idea of... That was one of the pieces that led us to the idea of doing a Reliant K podcast. In the time that we started the podcast, first three gears disappeared from streaming. And it's just the first three albums, which are available... But we've talked about it when we talked about like Operation and I think with Pressing On because the back porch version of Pressing On had never been available. These are songs, Operation, Back Porch, Pressing On. These are songs that had never, that hadn't been on streaming for a long time when the first three gears disappeared. But it's back. That's great. So you can hear Operation over there on Spotify again. You almost said patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins. We should, we should, we just upload, should we just upload Reliant K's discography? If you want to listen to Reliant K, join our, join our very, very uh, copyright intended Patreon. Uh, And then the other thing is that they released, uh, what you call it? Uh, Songs, summer songs. I love these musics. These are my favorite songs. That's my jam. That's my jam. That's My Jam is back on streaming as well. That Isn't is, that amazing? It sure is. Man, I I can't tell you how excited I am for that. So we're the, so instead of talking about Body B, why don't we just do That's My Jam Part 2? <laughs> yeah. How, how much do you have to say about the song? Dan, when did you uh, when did you do your research for this song? Uh, 42 seconds ago. <laughs> we're like, we usually listen to the song right before we start recording. So I'm like, okay, Dan, go ahead and put the song on because I knew we were going to record it. To freshen it up for our, in our head. To freshen it up. And he keeps going and going. And I'm like, you know, I'm ready to go. Are you ready? And he's like, uh, and I'm like, are you doing your research right now? And he's like, yes. I used to do my research at work all the time. In the previous job I had years ago and the, this job I've had for the last year. Not to harp on it again, but how it connects to the podcast is the day we're going to record or the day before we're going to record, I kind of, not even my lunch break, I just kind of take some time to myself, which I'm entitled to if I'm working a 40-hour week every week, right? Just take a couple of minutes to listen to some tracks, listen to, check out some YouTube clips and find some funny YouTube clips of uh, people covering the song or doing fan music videos. 
I don't have time to breathe at my job now or eat. So I haven't been able to do that stuff. However, spoiler warning, there's not a lot online for Body B by Johnny Q Public. We should say what this song specifically is and why Reliant K did it. It's from the Goatee Records 20th anniversary uh, CD. Let's look up what this thing is specifically called. Guess what this week's Patreon is going to be. Yep. <laughs> Let's see. Goatee Records 20 Years Brand New, which was a compilation for Goatee Records to, I guess, celebrate. Oh, yeah, to celebrate 20 years as a record label. It's from. I haven't looked into the specifics of this album yet. We're, we'll do it here if we need to. But the record was released in 2014. And it features a bunch of different, I guess, go, yeah, it features a bunch of different Goatee Records artists. And I don't know if they're all covering each other's songs. I think that is the idea. We have come to this record before. Because this oh, is the record with the... Good job, bud. <laughs> this is the record with the re-recorded version of Sadie Hawkins' dance that Relan K did. And it's also where Stephanie Smith covered I Celebrate the Day. So gotcha. we've talked about this compilation when we talked about Sadie... No, we ha- yeah, we did talk about Sadie Hawkins' dance. We talked about Sadie Hawkins' dance and when we talked about <laughs> I Celebrate the Day, we talked about this record. Um... But, you know, you have House of Heroes, John Rubin, Out of Eden, Capital Kings, more John Rubin, really? Harper What's Still, doing? Grits, <laughs> Finding Favor, Paul Wright, uh, more John Rubin. John Rubin's all over this thing. <laughs> Reliant K's technically got two tracks on here. They're covering, they open and close the album. Their cover <laughs> of Johnny Q Public and then their cover of themselves are the beginning and ending of the album. So what I didn't kind of know was first, I didn't realize goatee records has been, had been around since 1994, apparently. Yeah. Because this song is like copyright 95 or at least the video is. Oh yeah. Okay. Yeah. The record is copyright 1995 goatee records. I mean, I had never heard of Goatee Records until Relying K. And then Relying K kind of became their biggest rock band. What I didn't realize was, and this is kind of in the canon discussion of Relying K that we talk about all the time. And I feel like it came up quite a, it it, it kind of got solidified, whether it apparently is not completely true. It got a little solidified with our conversation with Brad Moist of Goatee Records. That, you know, Goatee Records is not a rock label. Goatee Records is a record label by one of the members of DC Talk. It's a record label that for the most part has like hip hop, gospel, like pop that's infused with Christian elements like other, you know, gospel pop. I don't know, like those kind of that kind of music, actual CCM, not the vague over labeling of CCM where like all Christian music now is called CCM, but the actual like contemporary adult alternative uh like pop music that's christian that's goatee records and that they never really signed any rock bands until relying k well that's clearly not true yeah because they had that johnny q public that in i've always heard but i'm yeah. like lies now that i know about johnny well johnny q. and i'm sure that when we talked to brad moist because the whole point of 
mono versus stereo forming and Brad Moist originally created mono versus stereo, right? And then it was stuck around for a couple of years and then Matt and Matt re-signing in the late 2000s, part of that re-signing deal was they would get to run mono versus stereo and sign bands that they're interested in. So original Mono vs. Stereo was not run by Reliant K, but many of the early releases were Reliant K. was run by Brad Moist. He told us how he started Mono vs. Stereo because he kept bringing rock bands to Toby Mac, and Toby Mac kind of being lukewarm on signing them, and maybe feeling like Goatee Records now by the 2000s wasn't really a rock label, wasn't going to sign any more rock bands, that Reliant K would be their one big rock band, that they would just keep signing like hip-hop and gospel and pop groups. But I guess Johnny Q Public is kind of an asterisk in that. And now I'm wondering like if we actually really deep-dived into the early, early years of Goatee Records, are there any other rock bands in there? I don't know. But there's Johnny Q Public. And it's cute that for their 20th anniversary compilation... Our newest engineer is playing with my headphone cord. <laughs> Sorry. He's terribly professional that way. He's grabbing the headphone cord, oh, which oh, is tied to the microphone. <laughs> it's like he's trying to pull the microphone down. Now he's just holding my hand while I move it out of the way. <laughs> so it's fitting and it's cute <laughs> that Goatee Records, who have this reputation as not being a rock label but that happened to have signed one of the biggest in my personal estimation one of the biggest most well-known rock bands to our generation in the christian scene relying k they made relying k relying k made them i feel like that's fair to say right i feel like like a lot of kids wouldn't even know about goatee records oh yeah without relying k I feel like they were probably, you know, just like how MXPX basically, I don't know, I guess we'd have to hear the story of Goatee Records, but the story of Tooth and Nail is very clear that MXPX made Tooth and Nail Records, Mm. right? The Tooth and Nail Records, it's in their official podcast labeled, and they had a documentary that they had many, many records throughout the early 90s, Uh kind of like Goatee Records. And that they were struggling with cash for quite a while. There were loans from his parents that his parents weren't tr- weren't forcing him to pay off. But then MXPX gets signed and they grow and they explode. And that's their major cash cow, right? And then MXPX goes to sign to A&M Records. And that kind of causes the rift between Tooth & Nail and MXPX because... Tooth and Nail might have done some shady things to not have to pay all these big fees to the to the major labels when MXPX moved over and all this stuff. And then the Supertones show up and they become the next big cash cow for Tooth and Nail Records. Uh, is Reliant K the ma- a major cash cow for Goatee Records? I don't really know if that's exactly true. I do feel like Reliant K is their biggest be, artist. Right? Like, yeah. Reliant K has got to be their biggest artists even toby mac solo i'm like okay he's from dc talk i definitely feel like dc talk is a bigger band than relying k we'll get back to the song in a minute i'm just setting all this up to get back to john q public i feel like and please out there tell us how you feel about this 
I feel like DC Talk might be a bigger band, even though they're not together to this day. I feel like their legacy might be bigger than Reliant K's legacy in the Christian music scene. Oh, for sure. But uh, Reliant K is definitely, I feel like, the bigger mainstream success. Because even though the song, even though Between You and Me, the music video played on MTV, he agrees. <laughs> even though Between You and Me played on MTV, good job. <laughs> I don't feel like D- D- DC Talk had the radio play that Reliant K had. I don't think they didn't. Like, they did in- on like I think the Christian radio. Yeah, but uh, but also like Reliant K played the Tonight Show multiple times. They were on sure. the regular radio. Yeah. They did multiple talk shows. Like, they did Warp Tour. I just feel like Reliant K might have been a bigger crossover success to the mainstream. So yeah. it depends on how you want to measure the success. Right. So off of that, I feel like Reliant K is the biggest go-to records group. I just feel like that's got to be true. There's this legacy that they were, like, the rock band on the label... We're realizing it's not true. There was this other rock band on the label in the in the first or second year who kind of broke up immediately. But it's kind of cute that Reliant K on the 20th anniversary compilation for Goatee Records does a cover of what in a way is the proto-Reliant K. They're the original rock band to sign to Goatee Records, right? Is Johnny Q, That's what Johnny Q Public is. So it's like this cute little legacy thing to be like hey we're the rock band on goatee records but a lot of people don't know about or have forgotten about johnny q public and their one or two records let's do a cover of their big song which was called body b and apparently it aired on mtv which i believe the video looks like it's mtv (laughs) yeah i was like because according to wikipedia which we'll go over in a minute uh, the original song uh, or video got picked up and played on MTV. And I don't really understand why, although I got it a little bit more when I saw at the very end of the copyright was 95. And I was like, okay, that tracks. Sure. Because, yeah. Because I'm like, the, there's nothing special about the video. It's just all the dudes playing and, you know, some you got some video toaster effects going right. every now and then. Well, 95 was my prime year 95 96 97 were my oh, prime years did you years. see body b i didn't i mentioned last episode that i did randomly see the music video for between you and me on mtv or vh1 once i saw the last like 45 seconds of it what i maybe gets lost if you didn't like grow up watching mtv is they didn't really stop playing videos until i don't i feel like 98 maybe Maybe 97, 98 is when MTV really started pushing away from videos. Because I remember it actually being very awkward when Total Request, when TRL started, Total, Requ- Total Request Live. Why is it so hard to say? Maybe with my new teeth. <laughs> They're not new teeth. With my moved teeth, it's harder to say. Uh, I remember when TRL started, it was very odd that they only played like, f- like 25% of the video. Did you ever watch TRL growing up? No. So when TRL started, you know, it was a hosted show by Carson Daly and a few other people here and there. And they would they would go through the call. You know, people would vote every week on what were their fav- top 10 favorite videos. But they wouldn't play the whole video. They would play like half or 25% of the video. And that seemed like a big shift in MTV at the time. 
So when did TRL start? 97, 98? I'm not going to look it up. I'm just going to go by vibes, and I'm pretty sure it's around then. My point is, in 95, MTV was playing still a lot of videos. Mm -hmm. Oh, I know. It's true. It's true. They were still playing a lot of videos, so they needed a lot of videos. And during the day, like during kind of primetime hours, like after school hours, they would play the same videos, you know, day after day, week after week. But if you watched late enough, if you watched early in the morning, if you watched on Saturdays, that's when you'd see some filler videos. And so I could absolutely believe that out of a year of programming music videos in 1995, that this could have gotten played a couple times. Then there's one. Then there's 120 minutes. One 120 minutes was I think it was on Saturday nights, and that was like where they played the really the videos. That's where you would you would watch 120 minutes to see like all the videos that aren't played during the regular hours on MTV. Are you familiar with this? I think you and no. I. I think I played like like uh, Smashing Pumpkins oh, for you. Yes, you did play performing on 120 those... minutes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. 120 minutes was like the <laughs> quote unquote underground show. I'll take them. I'll take them. Hey, hey, we're podcasting. <laughs> I know you're not used to it because we don't do it that much since you've been born. <laughs> no. 120 minutes was sort of the uh, like quote-unquote underground show but they weren't really underground bands because they were all signed to major labels but they were the the cds the albums that were only going to sell like five figures of units gotcha. like the smaller bands not the underground bands but the smaller bands the underground scene at the underground show yes no the supertones really did get played on 120 minutes <laughs> Stop. I'm not kidding. I stayed up to Did watch it. Did they show up and like break down halfway through and give a little sermon? <laughs> I don't think to so. To MTV. I don't know if they played live on 120 minutes, but they played the video for Supertone Strike Back on 120 minutes. So eventually videos would graduate from 120 minutes and then end up in regular programming on MTV. Gotcha. When I watched the video, we haven't even talked about the song yet, but when I watched the video for this song, it felt so mid-90s. Because there was a point, and we've talked about it with with uh, post Kurt Cobain, right? Like after Kurt Cobain's death, there was this slow shift in what is rock music's identity in the mid '90s, because it was so clearly, it had so quickly changed from ah, so quickly changed. <laughs> He's from, like, Dad, this is boring. No, I don't want to hear about your old man music. Yes, you do. <laughs> I, was, I wasn't conscious of it at the time, but the narrative is that hair metal so quickly shifted into grunge, like almost overnight, right? That's the whole, that's one of the plot points of that Pam and Tommy show on Hulu. Like nobody, like everyone loves hair metal. Suddenly everybody hates hair metal. Everybody loves grunge. But after the death of Kurt Cobain, it was a slow shift into what's next. Like n- nothing just presented itself immediately for what was next. So there was a lot of like post Nirvana grunge for the years leading up after like uh melancholy, the infinite sadness was a huge record in 1995, the year after Kurt Cobain's death, the same year as this record we're talking about right now by Johnny Q public. But then after that, there was just this weird, like mutating of what does alternative rock and what does rock music overall mean in 96 in 97? Like, What's it going to be? That's where you get weird acts like Cake. And that's where <clears throat> ska music is actually able to find a foot in the door. And that's where 
um, you know, swing music and, and different forms of like shoegaze and things that technically weren't ever commercial, but everyone's just kind of trying all these different types of 90s underground styles of rock. And I see how Johnny Q Public had a chance in that climate, right? Mm -hmm. I see how a band that sounded like this, they kind of sound shoegazy. They kind of sound alternative. They sound heavy alternative rock. Um, Should we play a little of the song just in case no one's heard it? Because I'm sure no one has heard it. When I asked, um, when I asked Siri to play Johnny Q Public, the, on uh, Spotify, mm-hmm. it got so confused and it played some random <laughs> reggae song that had the name Johnny in it. <laughs> I know I hear you. So boisterous. Listen to you. He loves rock and he loves rocking out to Johnny Q Public here on <laughs> KSHP, the true rock of California. California. <laughs> So this is what the song sounds like, if you've never heard the song. I mean, you heard a clip of it at the top of the show. So I remember a lot of, like... Buddy. I remember a lot of bands having this sort of, like, Midwest emo, early Midwest emo, combined with a little bit of Soundgarden, combined with, like, the attempt at... You know, whether it was performative or real, the authenticity of Nirvana. Like, this is what a lot of bands were kind of doing. And this is what Johnny Q Public looks to me to be like. And I just remember, like, rock radio in 95, 96, when I was really cutting my teeth on alternative rock and this type of music. There were a lot of bands that sounded like Johnny Q Public that got a little bit of airplay. And I was listening to the radio and I was watching MTV every day. So this band had a chance. This band had a chance. Now, one of the guitar players is wearing a shirt that just literally said Jesus, right? Yep, with a period. At the <laughs> and end. which is great. Like, literally wearing it on their, not uh, literally on their sleeve, but wearing it right there. So, like, clearly we're a Christian band. I guess some people might look at that and be like, is this alternative rock band wearing a Jesus shirt ironically? But, like, no, he's just wearing a Jesus shirt for real. So let's turn this off just in case Johnny Q Public's out there being litigious. With yeah. their copy, with their content ID. So, do you know what John Johnny Q Public is in reference to? Uh, is it, I I don't know, but what I assume is that the Denzel Washington movie from the mid two thousands got its name from this band. Is that true? <laughs> I don't think so, and I thought it had something to do with like Johnny Quest, the sixties TV show. John Q. Public is a generic name and a placeholder name, especially in American English, to denote a hypothetical member of society deemed a common man who is presumed to represent the randomly selected man on the street. The equivalent term in British English is Joe Public. Oh, I did know. Had you ever heard the phrase Johnny Q. Public? No. Oh, you had never even heard that phrase before? No. I had heard that phrase. When I said, no, I don't really know what it is, I was just kind of saying, like, oh, I don't know the history, the entomology of the phrase Johnny Q. Public, but I have heard it as a generic term for man on the street. What's Johnny Q. Public got to say about this new soap that we have? You know, that kind of thing. Like, uh, you know what they say, if this movie can't play for Johnny Q. Public, it's not going to play for... (laughs) If it doesn't play in Poughkeepsie, you know, that phrase? Uh Uh-huh. If it doesn't play in Poughkeepsie, it's not going to play everywhere else or whatever. All right. 
It's one of those type of things. I did know that. Yeah, but I didn't I didn't know where they came up with that. Do you know where it's like the 555 of people? Do you know where they uh what why they came up with Johnny Q Public? I don't, but let me uh let me let me go check the generic name uh wiki again. Usage ah, uh, here we go, history. Quascam? And the public first appears in the formation of the United States. <laughs> That's my States favorite ska band, a- <laughs> John Quascam and the public. I'm not even sure I'm pronouncing that correctly. Uh, first appears in the formation of the United States as a nation where English and German were being discussed as the official language of the new United States in the later 1700s. Many new Americans of Luther Lutheran German heritage also spoke Latin and used the term quasiquam with a gender neutral meaning of anyone where in english john was the generic male term for a person Mm. the term john q public was the name of a character created by von shoemaker as editorial cartoonist of the chicago daily news in 1922 jim lang the editorial cartoonist for the oklahoman for 58 years was closely identified with a version of the John Q. Public character, whom he sometimes also called Mr. Voter. Lang's version of the character was described as bespeckled, mustachioed, fedora-wearing in 2006. (laughs) Yeah, like everybody. Everybody wears a fedora. You know, it's the 50s or the 40s or the 30s. Everybody wears a hat. A hipster hipster, circa 2010. Hipster. Uh, In 2006, the Oklahoma State Senate voted to make this character the state's official editorial cartoon. I don't know. None of that gave me any information. Uh, I got the general idea. It was just a slow building of one random name and it became sort of the the, yeah. the 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 go-to name for any random guy in the united states the term joe q public is used by law enforcement officers to refer or to John an individual Doe. who is no uh, no criminal bent as opposed to a terms like perp uh or skell to qualify unsavory individuals i guess the other con- the comparison is john doe Right, which is more uh, used for like an unidentified dead person. Gotcha. Like John Doe or Jane Doe are multiple placeholder names that are used in the United States and United Kingdom when the true name of a person is not known or is intentionally being concealed. The context in law enforcement in the United States, such as names, are often referred to when corpse whose identity is unknown or cannot be confirmed. You know, so John Doe is usually oh, of course, John yeah. Doe is used by law enforcement or after someone has passed away and they don't know their their name. Right. But then Johnny Q. Public is just a more general term of like every every man, anyone, and I guess it when it has no uh, when it has more of a social or uh, commercial or capitalist viewpoint. We're learning things here. That's what you come to Sadie Hawkins pod to, to for us to read you Wikipedia articles. <laughs> that's right. We reread. Well, that's so what we do on cover episodes. That's what we definitely do on cover episodes. Yeah. So Johnny Q Public, according to Wikipedia, the band uh, was a Christian alternative rock band from Springfield, Missouri. Although their sound was wholly modern, it was influenced by bands such as Led Zeppelin and Cream. In addition to their music, they were known for their charismatic theology which would dramatically display through audience participation at their live shows well yeah 
I mean, if you're if you mean audience participation, like everyone praise and worship and, yeah. to our rock music, that is absolutely not special to Johnny Q Public. <laughs> uh, they have a very long list of past members, but we also <laughs> did Danny Wash. We'll play it later. Yeah, they they their broke up, show. but their reunion show in 2015. Wow. And then on stage, I put on, I'm like, oh, good. I'm like, oh, good. The reunion show, uh, whoever put it to YouTube, broke it up into individual tracks. I can go straight to Body B. I click it, and I'm like, there are five guitarists on stage. Five. Did they need five? They didn't need five guitarists for the music video. But I'm like, is this like where they like, oh, we don't know what member, what X members to invite. So let's just invite invite everybody. everybody. Uh, When Johnny Q Public signed to Goatee Records, its members were between the ages of 15 and 23. Their signing came after producing a demo with Steve Griffith. Their debut record, Extraordinary, with an asterisk in between Extra and Ordinary, was released in 1995 and garnered the band mainstream distribution through Elektra Records. Dan Fritz would later refer to the period after releasing Extraordinary as a whirlwind of craziness. Their song Body B gained them national exposure when its video got picked up by MTV. They toured for three years before being able to pursue a second album. And during that time, the band experienced some personal ch- personnel changes. Around 1998, guitarist Oren Thornton married Christian artist Miss Angie. Oh, buddy. Sister of guitarist Sean Turner and moved to on to a band called Flick. Drummer Brian Duvall also left and was replaced by Nate McCorkle, former drummer of Morellis Forest. Oh, of course, my favorite. Uh, their follow-up record, Welcome to Earth. Yeah, I heard of them. They're on Tooth and Nail. Well, there you go. Was recorded. Uh, was released by Goatee and Roadrunner Records. It shifted towards pop with hints of hard rock. HM Magazine likened it to the Newsboys, stating that the band could be... <laughs> oh, yeah, classic hard rock. <laughs> ...could easily receive... Well, they said and pop. Uh, could easily receive radio play in both Christian and mainstream markets. In support, they toured with Bleach and Skillet. Johnny Q Public broke up mid-2001. Interesting that I was on Roadrunner Records. So what I discovered was about their second album, I'm very confused because so they have the first album in 1995, Extraordinary, with a simple blue cover with with dark blue. It's a dark blue cover with light blue text on it. That's all it is. Body B's on there. Then five years later, like the year before, right when they're about to break up, they released their second album, Welcome to Earth. And from what I can tell is it has the exact same version of Body Beat on it again. Right? So that's why I was saying they had two albums and I think it's made of a lot of the same songs. Maybe it's not. Maybe they just put Body Bee back on there. And I thought maybe it's a thing like we were just talking about with the Switchfoot song. With, uh, you know, Dare You to Move and a couple of those songs uh, and a couple of instances of bands re-recording a song from one album to the next. Green Day did it with Welcome to Paradise. Switchfoot did it with Dare You to Move. Less Than Jake did it once. I still don't remember the name of that song right now. 
I thought maybe they were two versions of Body B, one from each of their albums. But when I listened to them on on YouTube, at least, they sounded like literally the same song. So I was like, did they just fill in their second album with the same recording from five years before? Because that's strange. I will give one benefit of the doubt, however, because I'm not going out to buy both copies of their CD. The second CD is the second album is not available officially on streaming. So I just went to a YouTube upload of Body B from the second album. And it sounds exactly like the one mm. from the first album. Did the person who uploaded it just upload the first album version with the artwork for the second album? That's entirely possible. But I don't know. It also seems possible to me that a band that's like on the cusp of breaking up right. and like had this success for a short time in the mid 90s is now it's the year 2000 and they're like, let's just take the same big song and just put it back on the second album just to give it another chance. Right. I mean, that's kind of what uh, Switchfoot did, but it wasn't five years in between I mean, those yeah, albums. Yeah, sure. Yeah. Well,. What do you think of the song? I kind of said what I thought about it in context of what was going on in rock at the time and how I was, you know, just getting yeah. into rock then. But um, it makes me uncomfortable. The lyrics, because oh. I don't really get them. But from like what my initial first listen through lyrical assumption, like they made me feel uncomfortable. The music. The title is slaps, weird, though. The title's weird. The title the, is the awkward. The chorus is weird, which when you, is, yeah. When you hear the chorus, it clicks. But when you just see the words body B, it's awkward. It's an awkward title without any context. It it grammatically seems wrong. And I'm not the kind of person that thinks grammar needs to be perfect in poetry or lyrics. I think you can be malleable with those things as long as they make sense. It's just like how in films and in story writing... A plot hole can actually be a effect, an effective device if you use it correctly. Plot holes are often criticized as being like the writer got lazy and didn't think of this this issue with their plot. But sometimes some writers who are like experts, at, they kind of deliberately create a plot hole to get the story moving. But they, like a magician, keep your mind away from it effectively. I think there's a similar thing here where if you have lyrics or a title or just a string of words that can be evocative and you don't quite get what they mean mm-hmm. uh, and they don't fit grammatically, but it still kind of entices you and it gets your mind going. What do they mean by that? What is that? Oh, I kind of I know what I think it means, but it could mean this other thing. But to me, when I hear when I originally heard the words body be. I was like, my reaction was just like, what the hell does that mean? (laughs) That doesn't make any sense. It it evoked nothing. Well, in my deep dive, like I'm putting in Body B by Reliant K and Johnny Q Public. And to absolutely no one's surprise, not a lot comes up. But a post from the Babylon B did come up of uh, Reliant K cereal, like a fake Reliant K cereal thing. Oh, yeah. Yeah, which was then posted... Uh, elsewhere as, the special, as well. The special, like special K. Yeah. Kellogg's introduces uh-huh. new Reliant K cereal. Uh-huh. Yeah, I've seen that image a million yeah. times. Uh, <laughs> With the Matteson on it. Like, uh, so Babylon B sucks, but I think a lot of uh, satire news sucks. 
not, would, and I'm not like basing to, this off Would of you policy. like me to read this? Oh, Jesus. Not really, but I guess, <laughs> I guess we you can. You know what? You forced me to do the damn song meetings every time. So you're going to have to sit here and listen to this in the 5% my phone has left. So what I've realized, especially with the hard times... Because it's the it's the fake. Yeah, I don't think you've heard. Yeah, it. no, I'm the hard time. Okay, you have the hard times is the fake punk news. Even though their their at handle is at real punk news, that's like the joke. But like sometimes one out of fifty times, I feel like a joke headline by the hard times is actually pretty funny. But most of the time, it's like it's so freaking obvious. I'm like. I'm like, no, this is so stupid. I just, I have a problem with satire news. I don't think we need it this much. I think because The Onion did something really, really magical when they were kind of a new concept and they really had things to say and they could really say things that needed to be said. But then when I think the internet became more democratic and you have too many fake news things, too many, I think now it's like, it's honestly like if you take all of the satire news sites out there and grab 500 joke headlines, I think you'll find one, maybe maybe five at the most. So that's really one out of 100. Six out of 500 <laughs> will be actually funny and have something to say. I'm really, really done with satire news. I think it's important when it hits the right chord but I don't think we need it as this all-prevailing constant thing. I love the Onion's fake movie reviews on YouTube. Those are hilarious. You do. <laughs> they don't do them a lot. But do you want to read this article? Let's go ahead and take our break. Okay. And then we'll come back because I don't have much for the deep dive and I don't think you have a lot either. Before we move on, the first time I heard of Babylon B, I had no idea who they were. I didn't know they were the, like the hard right version of the Onion. I had never heard of them. But then I got... When I first heard of them, I'm like, oh, they're the Christian Onion. I didn't know their politics. And the first time I heard about them was when MXPX released their uh, 2016 album. And they like, oh, uh, MXPX releases clean version. Because, you know, famously they said goddamn on that album for like the mm-hmm. first time or whatever. Goddamn Refrigerator. And they're like, oh, MXPX releases clean version for their Christian audience. And then... I was like, oh, uh, yeah, I guess. I mean, I write, at the time, I was writing an MXPX joke every day, and I'm like, I guess I would have come up with that, but I also was keeping away from the Christian stuff with MXPX memes. Right. So I was like, ah, oh, I guess that's that's pretty clearly a thing. You'd... Then I read the article, because I didn't know who Babylon B was, and in there, they were like, uh, they were like, and they're releasing it on cassette tape, because Christians like cassette tapes. Because Christian, the Christian market... The Christian market loves cassette tapes, and they still want cassette tapes. So that's the joke. Christians love cassettes. And I was like, what are you talking about? Well, like, like everybody does a cassette release. Taylor Swift does cassette releases. Yeah, like, now uh, they do. What but are you also, about? But also, like, like, Christians still like cassettes. I had never heard that. But what I did know was, like, the satanic grindcore market loves cassettes because right. they already feel cursed. <laughs> so I'm like... Not only is that not true, but it's like the furthest thing from true because like the opposite, the exact opposite market actually loves cassettes. So yeah. that like immediately set off my real life thinking that was kind of the beginning of the end of satire news for me. But then I didn't even know who Babylon B was, but I did notice that MXPX didn't like a single thing about that post. And MXPX was liking tons of stuff about people posting, even if it was jokes, they were liking my 
MXPX memes at the time and stuff, but they didn't interact with Babylon B at all. And I was like, I took note of that. And I'm like, oh, maybe there's something wrong with this website. And then over the years, of course, I did learn that there was a lot wrong with that website. So why don't we take our break and we'll be back to talk more about uh, how what MTV was like when I was a kid and more about the different programming that they had on there and what TRL was like and... It's fall, y'all, and you know what that means? Christmas is just around the corner, and what does that mean? A big, nice Christmas bonus, and we're better to spend that than with your pals over at Sadie Hawkins Pod at patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins Pod. That's right. Over there, you get our entire backlog of Patreon bonus episodes, which include us reading through the entirety of the quote-unquote Relying K book, the complex infrastructure known as the female mind. We talk about all the K's for karaoke songs that we haven't talked about on the main feed, and lots of other topics like songs that Matt Thiessen's been involved in, other compilations Relying K has been featured on, and lots of other topics. Plus, you'll get two more bonus episodes every month. And if you sign up, you'll be thanked on every episode, just like these people who include Jonathan, Matthew, Bjorn, Isaac, Kendall, Joshua, Daniel, Jay, Michael, Samantha, Jimmy Pod, this might be a podcast, Tucker, and Brady. So head on over to Patreon now. See you there. So Kellogg's introduces new Reliant K cereal <laughs> under entertainment May 2nd, 2018. This this article's so hilarious it just put Cooper to sleep. <laughs> we haven't started yet. Battle Creek, Michigan, and a move to capture the lucrative market of Christians who still listen to pop punk bands from the late 1990s. Now, wasn't, isn't Kellogg already a Christian organization? Aren't they one of those, like, weren't the Kellogg brothers, like, uh, Quakers or something? Oh, wasn't that one of those well, yeah, that we learned well. about the uh, in the in the food that built K America? Community, but you're right. Yeah, the Kellogg's were, the Kellogg's, yeah, yeah, something like that, right? Yeah, I, th- I believe that, that the Kellogg's themselves Like, they brothers, invented they were, cereal, so, like, you'd, you wouldn't spend a lot of time on breakfast. And, they uh, were part of, um, they had a... A, a, uh, and spend more time on God. They had like a, not a sanitarium, but they had like a, like a mental, like a health wellness <laughs> yeah, clinic or whatever. Right. Uh, yeah, that was like, and also, had a spiritual twist to it, I believe. And also, pop punk of the 90s. You mean Reliant K, the band whose first album came out in 2000? Yeah. I, Unless and, you're talking and, about the no, demo. Yes. You're that hardcore. And nobody's talking about the demo. <laughs> no. I, I, we always put the caveat on that because we always know that the demo came out before 2000. But if the pub, if Johnny Q Public is talking about <laughs> Reliant K, you're talking about a 2000s band. You're already, yeah, so they're already off on the wrong foot. Uh, Kellogg's introduced its new Reliant K Serial Tuesday, a variant on Special K with Reliant K band members on the cover and a new improved recipe. I think Reliant K had a Special K parody shirt. So the, they're literally sense. not making a joke that the band themselves weren't deeply, deeply aware of. <laughs> Reliant K frontman Matt Thiessen stated he was hopeful that the serial would further the band's career in chain in the cha- in a changing music industry. I really hope this product will be my escape from the pop punk scene into a wider mass market audience. 
That doesn't make sense for a few reasons, but I, I shall continue on. Tyson also indicated he was looking at other deals. <laughs> like K was already in the mass market. Van Schuster. And Be My, Escape was, Be My Escape was their biggest song. Uh, Tyson also indicated he was looking at other deals like Van's shoe sponsorships, but they usually wore Converse. And so, they were on the Van's Warp Tour. Yeah. They, a, a modeling agreement with Resume, Flawless Curls Moose, and a particularly profitable endorsement deal with Dockers Khaki Pants. This, which could be said for any generic pop punk band, this is all of those things. This is the same great taste from Special K you've learned to love, but this now your spirit will be nourished along with your body. Kellogg CEO Stephen Killane said at a special cereal launch event, cereal boxes will have fun games and puzzles on the back, including trivia about various Reliant K band members and each free Reliant K action figure inside each box. That'd be Imagine cool that writing this and feeling it was worth finishing. <laughs> like, honey, I'm <laughs> look, do your art, all right? Make your art. Uh, the toy inside is <laughs> no, always a surprise. No, There's nothing be... better. I'm Any... sorry, Daniel Leary, you are missing this. The toy inside is always a surprise. There's nothing better. Cowine added. Yeah, I have a Google, I have a search tool for looking up lyrics as well. <laughs> there are seven comments on this article. Oh, but I have to sign up or log in in order to view the comments. You have to I'm donate. not doing that. You have to donate to TERFs. <laughs> oh, no. Oh, no, Danny. You have to donate oh, to no. a to an anti-LGBT. Oh, no. <laughs> you have to smuggle in some Iraqi... Oh, um, no. Talismans. <laughs> I thought I know you were going to go with the Hobby company. Lobby. Uh, that's what I was talking what about. Was, what were those things? Like tablets or flooring, whatever? They said they were like flooring samples. <laughs> Good Lord. But they were, I, I can't remember what country, but they were like Iraq or Iran or somewhere. I, they were supposed to be biblical in some way, shape, or form. I don't know. Give your employees like benefits and like help with pregnancy good lord anyway so this is on genius body b but the reliant k version which is the same as the original version but specifically genius has the reliant k okay. uh, version on here verse one my eyes can't help my ears my ears can't see why do i try this way there's probably something wrong with me if I can't see then there's something wrong Clip that. when <laughs> all my Clip jessica saying there's probably something wrong with me <laughs> Put it in a, put they it don't in a need soundboard. to. We already know this. <laughs> uh, there's probably something wrong with me if I can't see when something's wrong when all my pieces become pieces and not all one. All right. This almost sounds like a Reliant K song, but it's such a tongue twister. Goodness gracious. And it, it feels like it means nothing, but it means something. Uh, chorus. Then where? Where would my body be? Body be. Where would my body be? Body be. Verse two, my hands can't, can't help my eyes. My eyes can't feel. Why do I try this way? There's probably something wrong with me. That's not true. Your eyes can definitely feel it. If you're talking about emotionally. No, I feel like your eyes can feel both. Like if you, you can poke your it. eye, you feel it. I was going to say, you can feel it when you put your contacts on every morning, right? Yeah. And your <laughs> eyes help you to see things that help you to feel things emotionally. So that's definitely not true. I get that your ears can't see 
and your eyes can't hear, which I'm sure on some level you can break down the senses and say, well, actually this and that and that requires, you know, this electron from that, whatever. But your eyes definitely feel. It's kind of like how your tongue totally feels. Like it's like I've never licked a insert anything here, but I know exactly the way it tastes. Yes, it's you like told that. me about that. Yeah. Like when you're old enough, the other day. you can look at something because I think you must learn that when you're a kid, just by licking things and kind of like getting the idea. I mean, maybe, but yeah, it's like you could look at anything and just like be like, I've never licked that thing before to my knowledge, but I could tell you how it tastes. Yeah. Uh, verse four, my hands can't help my eyes. My eyes can't feel. Why do I try this way? There's your hands can help your eyes. You know, you can rub me. the sleep out of your eyes. If you I can't see, in. then there's something wrong. You use eye drops. You need your hands for those. Become pieces and all not one. All right. Uh, where would my body be, et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, yeah, I don't even completely know what this song means. And I don't know. I'm just too tired. Now, this is interesting to figure it out. I mean, I'm getting it and I can. Interesting. This song was produced by Lane Johnson and Matthew Hoops. Okay. That's just interesting to me that that's who produced it. Because to my knowledge, Matt Hoops doesn't produce most of Reliant K's songs. So oh. I just find that interesting that he specifically listed along with uh, Lane Johnson as a producer on this song. So this song is, well, I'll come back to uh, talking about the lyrics in a second, but this song's from 2014. So this is right after collapsible lung. I got that wrong, but I corrected myself within the episode about the DC talk cover, right? The DC talk cover was from, from the five score mm-hmm era. But I got confused and thought it was from a little later than that. Era? This one is definitely from the Collapsible Lung era. So this one, I think <laughs> this is kind of their first song after Collapsible Lung. There's a comment that I saw on the YouTube upload of the Reliant K version of this song. Sorry, I'm at 3%. So now that my deep dive's done, which by the way, sorry, that was the deep dive, folks. <laughs> uh, I'm getting up to plug my phone in. <laughs> I saw a comment on the official YouTube upload of the Reliant K version of this song where someone's like, nice song, but uh, I wish Collapsible Lung wasn't shallow and about women in relationships. (laughs) So people were still like butthurt about it at the time. Yeah, sounds about right. Um, But I think I get the idea of the song. It's it's a little, it's, it's, yeah, it's not direct on. It's not worried about you getting it. It's It's ethereal. It's a little non-tangible but the idea is generally it seems to be sort of a metaphor about singing about all these body parts singing about the senses you're singing about replaceable hips and whatnot yeah (laughs) well he's in this song he's specifically singing about all the different body parts that are associated with the five senses and he's talking about how these body parts are all separate from each other and he's talking about how you need these body parts to get these senses but then he's kind of alluding to the idea that these body parts don't help each other with the senses, which is odd. Because I think he's talking about the general idea of your body is made up of multiple things and you need all these things to experience everything and to feel everything, right? So maybe there's some... I'm, I'm, literally, I'm just pulling things out of the air right now. This could be something about like how as a church... 
you know, the body of Christ. We're made up of individual people and we all need each other to support each other, to help each other. Right. And it's, it's, that's, that's not clearly what he's saying. I'm just pulling some idea out of the air. It just seems like he's generally talking about all your different body parts and they actually need each other to function in the next one. You need your hearing. You need your, well, the obvious one is you need your smell to really taste things and you need your taste to really smell things. Those two senses, those two senses, while they are separate senses, they are directly tied to each other. Like your nose and your tongue, there's very little that's that's separating those pieces in your body right sorry it's i've never licked that thing before but i know what it feels like on my tongue oh okay where it's like i've never licked (laughs) and this is a bad example because you know of course we've all at some point licked cotton but it's like i've never licked that cotton but i know what it feels like on my tongue i've never licked a, a a tree but i know what it feels like on my tongue i've never licked a candle but I know what it feels like on my tongue like isn't that weird why do I know what anything I look at in this room would feel like on my tongue whether I've licked it or not I guess it's because you touch it with your hands yeah you touch everything with your hands and you have learned about the difference and things don't I mean do things really feel that different on your tongue compared to your hands I probably feel like not it's more sensitive probably not really just more sensitive so you're just imagining what the taste would be like while you're also touching it with your tongue what the texture would be like you know the texture we feel textures and set and taste is so sensitive to texture yeah but that is actually that that mentioning that sort of like (laughs) conceptual interactive meme thing that you saw talking about that idea fits this song because i think they're talking about in general like all your different body parts that control your senses they all rely on each other but they are all also separate from each other so like I said, maybe that has something to do with community and what we are as people and the fa- and people we have as family and we kind of need each other. We need time alone, but we also need time together as a community and a family. Yeah. Like what would your nose be without your tongue? What would your ears be without your eyes? Like obviously people who lose their senses, lose their eyes, lose their hearing, learn ways to make those things work. But you often, you know, I think everyone has a time in their life where they wonder, oh, what if I was blind? What if I was deaf? Mm -hmm. What if I couldn't smell? Like your mom can't smell. (laughs) So we we can tell her. She used to. Amazing cook as well. But yeah. So I think that's kind of a general sense of what's going on. But it is kind of just a little, um, yeah, it's a little, it's a little abstract. It's taking a basic concept of like the body politic, like your body coming together like a community to work together to this goal of experiencing the things around you who really knows we could have you know we uh we we could have uh done more work preparing for this but i don't know but what i really want to figure out is you know the title because it is such an so when you hear this song and you hear him say whether it's reliant k or johnny q public when you hear them say then where would my body be my body be I'm like, okay, where would my body be? If the title of the song was Where Would My Body Be or Would My Body Be or Where Be My Body, you wouldn't, I don't think it would feel as awkward. I would understand those words. If the song was called Where Would My Body Be, the, the title might be a little bit uh, unnotable, right? It might be easy to forget that title. 
even though, you know, song titles that are in the chorus are easier to remember. But calling it Body B does help it at least stand out. We're talking about it, right? That's what art is. We're talking about it. So I think it's effective in that way where you hear Body B and at least you're curious. You're like, what does that mean? I think it is still too awkward as a title. But once you hear him say the words, then where would my body be? You're like, okay, well, that's what the title means. I guess that makes sense. But what does he say when he gets there? He's like, there's probably something wrong with me if I can't see there's something wrong when all my pieces become pieces and not all one. Okay, so that's where that there's he's saying kind of what I'm getting at. When all my pieces become pieces and not all one. Your body is one, right? Your body is one thing. And yet we talk about all the pieces of your body as if they are separate. We talk about your nose as your nose, your ears as your ears, your eyes as your eyes. But when you think about it, it's all one. None of these things really can function properly without all of each other. Your body is this one large organism. We talk about our bodies as one thing. And yet in a dichotomy, we also talk about the pieces of our bodies as one thing. It's not even like the the parable about the hammer. Like I've had this hammer for 50 years. I've only had to replace the handle 30 times and the head 10 times. You know that saying? Right. That no, little parable. But sure. But do you get the idea I of do. that? So it's like, it's not even that where like, is something the same thing if you've replaced literally every part? It's not even that conversation. I don't know. Why don't you ask Joan Rivers? But I can't. She's dead, Jessica. You speak ill of the dead. R.I.P. <laughs> that conversation about like, you know, is something the same when you've replaced every part of it? That's one conversation about, you know, what when is something the same thing? But this conversation of this song is saying we call our bodies one but then we also piecemeal out the discussion about each individual body part do you get what i'm saying yeah that's the conversation are there any funny little riddles and parables and jokes about that about hammers and chairs like there are about replacing the parts on something bang bang maxwell silver hammer the johnny q public is kind of like the beatles of <laughs> Go to records. <laughs> Are they Danny? Yeah. <laughs> so Reliant K's version is cool. It's very good. It's interesting. You know, despite being a sort of um despite being a, a deep cut and not really sounding like a Reliant K song per se, it kinda does sound like a Reliant K song. I got to play it again just to get the feeling of what it's like when you hear Reliant K playing this song. Can you turn on the Bluetooth? Oh, did it turn off? Oh, wow. It turned off because we weren't playing it for a while. Yep, you hold that button. So this sounds so much more 90s than anything on... The album where they tried to capture that 90s feeling, which was Forget and Not Slow Down, right? This really sounds so 90s. And of course, it's based on a song from 1995. Yeah. 
but they did take the original song and make it much more lush. They make it, it feels like a sideways Reliant K. It's so interesting. Mm -hmm. And the lyric, and it's a word I love to use, but it has this angular feel. Like the way that the pre-chorus kind of like suddenly shifts. It does, at times it doesn't really sound like a song. (laughs) (laughs) It's like, how did they write this song? Like the song makes a little bit more sense from Johnny Q Public. I think, I don't know anything about them, but I just, it makes sense to me thinking about the world of post-Nirvana radio. But when I hear Reliant K doing this, I'm like, this is fascinating, but it's so strange. Like them doing this sort of Soundgarden-inspired, shoegazy right, sort yeah. of early emo type stuff. Hi, Cooper, he's awake and he's smiling at me. <laughs> he was sleeping. <laughs> Hi, Bright Eyes. What do you think of this song? He says, I woke up because Mama laughed too loud. What do you think of this song? I'm struggling for things to say about it. So, Dan, do you have a deep dive for us, love? I guess I do. (laughs) We're just going to listen to the song. That's the deep dive, right? (laughs) Let's see. So, uh, yeah, I don't have Reliant K ever playing this. But I have... Uh, really, all I have is two performances of the of Johnny Q Public playing this song. So first, there's Cornerstone, 1996. Wow. So, but there's no. Uh, I gotta click around to try to find the song because <laughs> there's no track list on this upload. They're not closing with it. They didn't close with Body B, which is surprising. You think it's their big song. And it's only... Let's keep clicking around until we find it. What do you think? Well, they know you want to get to... um, uh, Who else would have been at Cornerstone? 1996? Or six. MXPX would have been there. Uh, MC Hammer? <laughs> They know you want to get over to DC Talk. Was DC Talk around then? Sure. Right? Yeah, DC Talk yeah, was still yeah, around. Yeah, yeah, yeah. But I don't know the, if DC Talk played Cornerstone. Record, so, oh. Yeah, they just kind of rock like a rock band. They just kind of rock and roll real fast rock. They, imagine a world where Johnny Q Public became as big as Reliant K. Wow. What are you talking about, Dan? They're bigger. So I don't know, maybe we won't find the Cornerstone 1996 version. I shouldn't have even brought it up. Oh no, Danny. (laughs) So instead, we'll fast forward, which is still in the past, to 2015. Jessica and I had been in California for less than a year at this point. And my favorite band, Johnny Q Public, had reunited (laughs) with 25 guitar players on stage. So this is at their reunion show. Uh, it doesn't actually say where where it was specifically performed on the YouTube video. My laughing seems to bother Cooper. Call up if my laughing bothers you too. Oh no! Four zero two nine five Sadie. <laughs> He's smiling at me now. So this is the yeah. only this is the only real video I have to play. This to, this yeah. is the only video I have to play of this song. Here is 
Johnny Q Public, and for real, they have one, two, three, four guitar players and a bass player. So five guitars on stage overall playing Body B in 2015. What do you think? <laughs> it's rocking. Is now were they playing Rock and Owls by any chance? No, they're not playing Rock and Owls. Should we just watch Rock and Owls? <laughs> Have you guys seen this? I don't like. I know. I think we talked about it once before. Put that on the list because we're going to do a Patreon. I've already started to compile All our favorite, it. favorite like weird uh, YouTube videos. Weird videos that we talk about a lot, as well as a couple uh, others that I found that are like Christian related. So. I don't like public freakouts, the, the the Reddit, but I found I saw this one that just crossed my path on like social media once, and it's amazing. And it's called on YouTube. I uploaded it. <laughs> I uploaded it because it wasn't on YouTube, and I it, like I spent all night trying to search for the full video, and I found it on public freakouts Reddit. Drummer loses glasses. Rock and Al boomer fight. <laughs> So you can't see it, but basically it's this rock band of like granddads and they're like playing brown sugar. And I love that the singer and the drummer start to fight on stage as they're still playing brown sugar. And what I love is the singer flips off the drummer and the drummer gets up and pushes his way through his own drum set and and starts swinging at him. And then you hear people in the audience going, hey, hey, hey. But my favorite part is the guitar player keeps going. It's not, I don't find public freakouts funny. Because most public freakouts, it's like people on a bad day. It could literally be any of us. Like, it's like, you don't know what's going on in their lives. If, and like calling people Karens, like, you know, if, if it looks like a duck, it walks like a duck. Sure, it might be a duck. But sometimes a woman, sometimes a woman just might be having a really bad day, might have been treated really badly, might actually be treated badly by the service person for real, and they're actually sticking up for themselves. I think there's a big difference between just saying, like, someone's entitled and something went really wrong. You don't know what the difference is with the context of filming that person against their will while they're freaking out, while they feel like something is going wrong. That's not necessarily fair. I don't like public freakouts for that reason. But when you see these like old dudes who are just kind of trying to rock out and two of them can't get along and nobody ultimately is really hurt, that's hilarious. And it ends amazingly with this. 
Yeah, they were on my head. You see my glasses? You ruined my high. So the drummers, so the drummers going around asking, "Where's my glad? You hear some old lady going, you ruined my high." I love this. At one point, he's presented with glasses, and he's like, "No, no, no, no that's what we're getting to. That's what we're getting to." There's another pair of glasses laying on the ground after this fight, and someone brings them up to him, and he's like, "No, those aren't them." It reminds me of when Homer fights Dreddering Tatum, and he's like, "Dad, I found your tooth," and he puts it in his mouth, switches it around, and he spits it out, and he goes, "Not mine." Cooper looks so concerned. He's so concerned when I get on a good laughing kick. <laughs> Buddy, laughing is... Your mama laughing is the most wonderful thing in the world. It means she's happy. Rockin' Al is not the name of the band. It's like the name of the club. Anyway. Anyway. That's Body B, I guess. <laughs> we're not comparing... We're not comparing uh, Johnny Q Public to... The Rock and Al Boomers, they're clearly younger than them. I'm just saying, it's just funny when you see, like, a, I don't know. You brought it up. I didn't bring it up. Too many guitars. Like, the they, they really wanted to rival the Foo Fighters in a number of guitars. Or, sli- or sli- Slipknot. <laughs> what do all those guys in Slipknot do? Are some of them dancers, like the Mighty Mighty Boss Tones? <laughs> so, Jessica, what do you think of the song... We've barely talked about the Reliant K version. It's good. It's really yeah. fun and interesting. It's just such an odd song for Reliant K to cover. But I think it is sweet that they cover the other original Goatee Records uh, <laughs> rock band than that that yeah. they did that sort of tribute. The song, like, it definitely has inklings of a Reliant K song, but it just seems so weird the type of song it is compared to the covers that we did in the last couple weeks the dc talk cover between you and me and the switchfoot cover ammunition this feels the least like a relying k song for sure Mm -hmm. it's not a song i'm necessarily going to go back to a bunch i would probably go back to the johnny q public version before i go back to the relying k version Mm -hmm. and that's not to say anything about what Reliant K was able to sort of achieve by doing sort of a straight ahead cover with a more, with a richer sounding production. It's just like, it doesn't, it oddly doesn't feel like a Reliant K song to me. Yeah, I I totally get it. Yeah. No, no, I agree. Even from the production standpoint, like you said, it does sound very nice, which is cool. I'd like to hear more of like that sort of a sound for coming from Reliant K. It was pretty cool. Yeah. Well, anyway, so Jessica, where's your body? be at uh with the song body b <laughs> by johnny q public how do you feel about that song would you listen i guess we can't use our old yeah, metric we can't use our like, usual I metric never listened to it before now so just be like would you listen to this again <laughs> cooper's like no. would you enjoy this again the next time you hear it uh, the same 
you would enjoy it the same <laughs> as you enjoyed it. No, I'm kidding. Um, I don't know. I, I really don't know. I could go either way on this. I could maybe leave it on. I, I'd probably let it play for a couple minutes because I did note that I was like, it's, it goes on for a little bit longer than it needs to. Yeah. If this was t- like a tight minute and a half, I'd be like, sure, I'd leave a that A minute on. and a half. I'd let that Two play. and a half minutes. <laughs> Give them two but and a half But it goes minutes. on a little too long. How long is it even? Let's double it's like check. like three minutes or something. Maybe more. Uh, it's almost four minutes. Yeah, it's Make too it two long. and a half minutes. Yeah. Make a radio edit. Yeah, exactly. So I think I like the Johnny Q Public version. I would give it... On a scale of one to three, three being best, one being worst, I would give it a three. Okay. And the Reliant K version, I would give about the same. I would give it two. No, I mean, I would give it a two. Right. I can agree with that. So, yeah. What I was trying to say is, we'd never really heard this song before. I would give Reliant K, I like it about the same. And I give Johnny Q Public, I like it more than before. Cool. Anyway, we're parents. We got a kid. <laughs> I got a really awful job that oh pays goodness, very that pays right. well, and has and gave it and helped give us this guy. I'm not looking the job in. I'm not looking the gift job in the mouth. I'm just saying like things can be better. Things could be better. Things should be better. And uh, if you guys start oh joining Patreon.com slash Sadie Hawkins Pod <laughs> and help us oh make you know hands. I don't know just get us up to like. 90,000 a month in uh, a month. Con- contribution. Can- my nose. Oh, yeah, yeah. Oh, a month. I meant a year. <laughs> I was going to say, Dan. I did mean a year, wow. but let's just do 90,000 a month. It, does anyone make that much on Patreon? I'm sure does, someone does. How much does the That's most a million. Patreon come in? How much does the most revenue from patreon who is that person i could look that who is up that person, i was just asking it? i was just if you gave us ninety thousand a month that's over a million a year but i was more last so i'm actually asking for seven point i'm actually i'm asking for 7500 a month um who is you smell like barfies you smell a little bit like barfies so according to detailed.com and i didn't get a date for this article they're like the 54 top earners on Patreon. Mm-hmm. Some A podcast called True Crime Obsessed makes $225,000 Whoa, month. stop. It's just, it looks like it's a couple. So we're already, half, we're already halfway there. We're a couple. <laughs> it's a guy and a Guys, girl at come least. come on. <laughs> Let's get Sandy Hawkins pot up there. They deep dive onto true crime docu onto true crime docs. It's not like it doesn't. I mean, maybe they're doing their own research, but it's not like they're cre- right. they're researching huh. into true crime. They're watching documentaries that already exist. They have forty four point seven thousand patrons. Wow, what do you think they do? Do you think they do listen alongs? <laughs> What do you think their perks are? Last podcast on the left. Oh my gosh, it's a huge, huge gap between the the top. This is the top. This has got to be like the most profitable podcast of all time if they're making $225,000 a month for a true crime podcast hosted by two people. The second biggest earners. The next one. It's last, last podcast pod- on the left. Oh, you've you said- heard of it? Yeah. No, you. Oh, I, I heard about, about it from it. you two minutes ago. <laughs> and I've never listened to them, but they're a comedy. 
podcast and they talk about horror stuff. And I've heard of them. I've seen people wearing their shirts around. I've seen last podcast on the left stuff out and about in the real world. They only make $72,000 a month. That's a huge gap. There's like, it's that is massive. Yeah. A hundred, around $150,000 per month between the second most profitable Patreon and the first most profitable Patreon. And on this list of like 54 most profitable Patreons, the number 54 comes in at only like, a hundred and what now how how long do you think they go between episodes do you think do you think it's like they they they're like yeah every wednesday and then eventually it's like every maybe wednesday but probably thursday friday or saturday and then you think that eventually it's like you just get it sometime do you think that they work like that too we're doing our best this article is from january 2023 (laughs) so this is pretty this is about a year ago but i'm confused Number 54, the lowest number on the list, they make 163 per month. We're... Dollars? Yeah. That's like literally... That's not anything. That's half of what we make right now. We've broken 100 in a month before at our height, and now we're hovering around 80. Not half of. They're, they're, we're half of, is yes. what I meant. So all we got to do is double... All we got to do is double our Patreon. I trust this list. All we got to do is double our Patreon contributions, and we'll make as much as bite-sized vegan educational (laughs) videos on how to become and stay vegan, who are the 54th most profitable Patreon. That doesn't make any sense. They sound a lot more useful than our podcast. I think we're incredibly useful. (laughs) I think our (laughs) attitudes brighten up everybody's days. What? I think they teach... We teach you how to make your body be. We teach you how to make your body body be. be. We teach you how to be... I teach people how to be cantankerous (laughs) through my attitude. (laughs) I teach by example. Oops. I dropped something on my phone. Do they have a baby and a dog (laughs) that constantly interrupt their podcast? I don't think so. (laughs) Probably. Mr. Sunday Movies is a pretty big YouTuber that I watch and their dog interrupts them sometimes. Nice. And so is Peanut Butter Gamer's dog interrupts him sometimes. He's a YouTuber. They, well, how do you make money at this? That's the point. I'm trying to retire. <laughs> and I just want to make money at this stuff. What do we need to do? You need to go to a convention and be like, hi. I'd just like to say, first of all, this is more of a comment than a question. <laughs> that you, I would like to know how you feel <laughs> that you've inspired me right. to start a podcast and also, how do I make money at this? I think about five years ago, <laughs> we're really trailing off in this episode. I think about five years ago, we went to see the Angry Video Game Nerd. No, we went to a video game convention with a big arcade. That's the attraction. But the big panel guest was the Angry Video Game Nerd. And I was like, yeah, I want to go see the Angry Video Game Nerd. And the Q&A was so, so awkward. dragged myself and our friend Jay, patron Jay, to go see the Angry Video Game Nerd. And stupidly they had, st- I say stupidly, it was a really cool thing, but they had this little like Instead of cube. having people line up in, yeah. the, in a line to get up to a microphone stand to ask your question. There's no cutting somebody off though when they have what? this like soft cube it's that they soft, toss to it's people. It's a soft cube that you could toss like a football. It's a terrible idea. Because then people wouldn't give it up and their question would keep going on. But I never forgot how one of the guy's questions was. Because every, every time you go to a Q&A at a Comic-Con 
or a film screening, somebody has to say, oh, this is less of a question and more of a comment. And your eyes roll. You're like, okay, yeah. Or like, hey, can I shake? Or the question is, hey, can I shake your hand? Like, no, the answer is no. This is a Q&A. Don't take time out. Ask the question. People want to learn something from this experience. But this one guy, his question, he at least framed it as a question. He didn't frame it as a comment. Frame it as a so question. he knew how to avoid the fallacy of going to a Q&A and saying, I have a comment, not a question. His question was, how does it feel knowing you've inspired me to have my own YouTube channel? And I was, and it's a mix of like, it's really like a good for you. It's really like a, that's a beautiful way to sort of promote yourself. It's, it's awkward. It's, it's, (laughs) it's uncomfortable, but it's amazing that he phrased the question that way. It's really, really beautiful. So everyone out there, how does it feel to know that we inspire you <laughs> on your Thanksgiving weekend talking about, barely talking about a Reliant K song, but really talking about Johnny Q Public? That's what we'll do when we run out of Reliant K songs. We'll just start talking about Johnny Q Public songs, oh, wow. of which there's Johnny like Q 20. Public. Yeah, the podcast. They have almost as many songs as they have guitar players. How many Johnny Q Public song by song podcasts do you think there are out there, Danny? Well, let me look. Oh, coincidentally, one is the 30th most <laughs> profitable Patreon. It's Johnny Q Podcast. Damn, they took our name. <laughs>